0: And I never do this, but this is the intro before the intro because I want to tell you real quick that I have a magician on, uh, my friend Simone Turkington, and she agreed to actually do a couple of tricks with us over the podcast. And they'll work for you at home as well if you want to play along. You just need a deck of cards for the first trick, and you need uh, anywhere from three to six coins doesn't matter what coins they are or what mix of coins they are just three to six uh coins quarters nickels dimes whatever deck of cards hit pause go grab those things you'll be able to play along and uh yeah let's have a show keith lowell jensen presents the keith lowell jensen show with keith lowell jensen all right we are back once again week Week 13, I think. If we were a building, this week wouldn't exist. This is great. And it's good I have another uh, skeptic atheist with me during this 13th week, so they won't freak out. Uh, I'm having a good week. Christmas was a blast. I got um, I got my uh, Best American Comics of 2019, and I missed last year, so I, I got that this year. I got Best American Comics 2018. These are great book series i highly recommend them if you want to check those out uh and i got a matter of life one of the few autobiographical jeffrey brown graphic novels that i didn't have yet and this one's really great so uh, i read it on the first day i had it um and also a great movie week i watched that Bee Gees documentary that's on hbo <gasps>
1: <laughs> i'm ready to talk
0: <laughs> have you seen it yet simone
1: oh yeah yeah we saw it. i mean just to be clear my son's middle name is gib after the oh DJs, So
0: good. It, I'm it's very so, excited every time i talk to you i find another thing that we have in common and, <laughs> and my guests will find out who you are in a minute uh it's definitely a, a fan-serving documentary but I think the Bee Gees deserved that. It wasn't like a warts and all documentary where they went digging for dirt. Not
1: but, at all. They left them um, out.
0: <laughs> but that was fine. I was good with that. Um, and, and there was at least one prominent voice in the movie that said the important uh, thing that that. Disco came from gay black and brown clubs that you never heard any of the BGS themselves say it. And I would have liked to have, but they did at least feature someone in there going, Oh yeah, this is music from gay black clubs. And so right. I'm, I'm glad that was covered. Uh, also, I saw the live action Mulan. Have you seen that yet? No, I have not. I loved it. And I, I think it was so sad that it got rolled out in the way it did. I know there's also some, you know, politics controversy over it being produced with China. Uh, But it was incredible. It's like a classic Kung Fu film. My only complaint about it, it could have used a little bit more Kung Fu. uh, But it was (laughs) beautiful. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Um, Before I jump in and introduce you, I have to thank our sponsor. I get to thank our sponsor. They're great. Clash Books. Uh, Go to ClashBooks.com. Right now they are Pushing Daryl by Jackie S. And Life of the Party by T. Uh, I'm going to try this. T. Hasek Flahovic. think i said her name right really exciting she just signed a contract to make life of the party into a tv show in italy so clash books continues to kick lots of ass and we're glad to have them as a sponsor and of course i can't help but mention they will be releasing my book uh, what i was arrested for next year and uh my my current book not uh released through them but uh it's called punching nazis and other good ideas is still available and of course my special Uh, Not for Rehire is playing on Amazon Prime. I hope that you'll go give it a five-star rating and review it, do all that stuff. Now to my guest today. Oh, I'm excited about my guest today. Uh, Magician Simone Turkington, a longtime devotee to classy uh, 60s vintage styles. Simone brings the sights and sounds of the 60s to her act, a mix of visual card and mentalism effects. Simone is a member of the prestigious Academy of Magical Arts at the Magic Castle, where she performs in one of the main showrooms, the Parlor of Prestidigitation. She's also a board member of the Women Magicians Association. Hello, Simone. How are you?
1: Hello, Keith. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Did, Did I get all that correct?
1: That is all correct, except I actually recently uh, left the board of the Women Magicians Association. But i have been on it for like four years, and I was kind of I like somebody else needs to do this. So uh, I need to update my website.
0: That, okay, that was yes, not your no. fault.
1: That was my fault. It's all me. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: that was your That was your first magic. This trick got awkward. Part of your bio disappear. Uh, how was your Christmas?
1: It was good. Um, yeah, we, we didn't do much as usual, but uh, I mean, it was just the three of us um, because we're not stupid and uh, meeting with other people for it. So yeah, it was good. We did our presents. We had our tree, all the things atheists do uh, because it's it's we're celebrating the winter solstice but my son really he's so he didn't want to say christmas actually because he's just so mad that the christians hijacked um winter solstice so
0: so he's like i'm not
1: gonna call it christmas i'm like you are when we talk to grandma on the phone you're saying merry christmas (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and finally he guys like, well, fine, if you're not doing Christmas, we're not doing the presents. And then he was like, Oh, oh. and then I think he reconsidered his position. <laughs> right and so uh, learned is known about for presents. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my uh my daughter just puts the Christian mythology with the Roman mythology, Greek mythology, Indian mythology. Like she knows all of them. They've studied some of them in school. She's fascinated by them, she loves books about them. Uh, but it's really funny to watch how Jesus just fits right in there with Zeus and Thor and the rest of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. Oh, I know somebody else who like yeah learned all the all the gods It's just you know a variety of them. So it doesn't never sounded like one was more valuable than the other.
0: And and me and my wife were talking about this today. You and I didn't meet through both being vegans. We met through both no. being. That was, the yeah, yeah. Right? On
1: MySpace, yeah.
0: Was it? It was all the way back in the. Yeah, MySpace yeah.
1: Because you were, yeah, you were like billed as the atheist comedian. And I think that's how, I don't remember exactly how the connection was made initially, but that was definitely part of it.
0: Well, throughout this interview, we'll find uh, all the other wonderful things we have in common. Yeah. Um, but I want to jump back into your childhood for a minute. You grew up yeah. in Australia.
1: Correct. Can I ask you?
0: You're, you have an accent, and I have never noticed you having an accent before. Is, oh, this, have you Which always had the same mean? level of accent, or did your Australian get kicked up a notch from the isolation you've been in?
1: Uh, so, you're, so you're saying you're hearing my Australian more now than you have in the past? Correct. Uh, let's see. Joe's saying he can't hear me. Should we keep rolling?
0: I can hear her fine, Joe. So will not you send us a note if you want me to stop? Um, otherwise we'll just keep going. Okay. So yes, I am hearing your accent more now.
1: Interesting because I mean, it, it, it varies. It definitely much varies depending on who I'm talking to. So as soon as I go back there and start talking to Australians, then it really comes out without my even meaning to. And then my right. parents are Sri Lankan. So when I talk to them, I get a bit more, you know, Indian sounding and I'm not, okay. I'm not culturally appropriating. That's. That's my culture. So um, <laughs> I, yeah, did a, I did a, I did a reading once uh, and there was an Indian character, which they assigned to me. And I did a, oh, yes, that's very good. And people were like, <gasps> clutching their pearls. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> that's my culture
0: (laughs) you're allowed and even if you didn't grow up there i didn't grow up in new york but i had a new york accent until about fourth grade because the people who taught me to talk taught me to talk like them
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, there are people in my family that talk like that, you know, and they definitely when they get together, like they don't talk like that as much with me. But then when they're all together, they all and I think all people from all over the place do that, like southerners go back to the south and they get more southern and all of that. So yeah, so for me, I'm surprised that yeah, I I feel like my Australian is mostly undetectable these days, which makes me sad. But I feel now for me to do it now, I'd feel like I was putting on an accent to really bring it out. But if I was talking to if you were Australian, then it would just happen naturally but like every time as soon as i get to england every time i start talking in a "Uh, do you want to go and have that fit to lunch do you want to go get some of this like i just start talking even though i'm not talking to other english people it just starts turning up like (laughs) right right so
0: when you were growing up in australia i was reading one of your bios online Uh, tell me about your dad picking a boring prize (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, like, I was always interested in magic and juggling. He would call me from anywhere in the house. And like, Simone, magic, juggling. And I would come so running. And this is on TV? TV. <laughs> on TV, yeah. Okay. And um, so, he always knew I liked that. And so, he was, like, at a shooting gallery um, at a FEA. And I guess he won a prize and then the guy gave it to him and it was these cards and he picked it. And I was like, oh my God, that's so boring. Why did he pick cards? But then he's like, here, I got it for you. They're magic cards. And it came with like an instruction booklet and there were all these tricks and, and, you know, trick cards and stuff in it. And I was like, oh my God. So from that, I actually, I studied it and I did learn some tricks and I did a show in my, uh, for the school assembly when I was uh, eight. Yeah.
0: Oh, eight. So very young here.
1: Yeah. Eight or nine. Yeah.
0: So, believe it or not, there's another thing we have in common. You did I, uh, I was in the process of being expelled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> From the deal that my mom made with the school, since I behaved okay in class and was mostly a problem on the playground at that time, I would spend recesses in the office with the secretary. <laughs> and so she got many, many magic shows. I would just—I <laughs> needed some way to entertain myself. And, That's all. Uh, yeah, she's lucky too, because later it became ventriloquism, so she got the better end of it. <laughs> even if she didn't know it at the time. Uh, but yes, I was a child I was a childhood magician. Um so did you Did you, you do uh, much
1: magic? Because just now when I overheard before we started, I heard you it sounded like you knew what you were doing with the deck of cards.
0: I've been practicing shuffling all day. Um no, I never <laughs> I never got good. Like many other things in my life, I was passionate about it, but I never got good. How, uh... How how long did you keep doing shows? Like you did a show in a school talent show or something, or what? What do you mean? It was when just you a school a assembly.
1: Like you know, they have okay. your announcements and all of that. And if somebody has something they want to show or perform, they would let you do it. So I guess I got permission Great. and I did this little show. And I did I did want to go scouts, and I didn't really do. I did it for my family. I didn't really do much of anything. I didn't like do shows around the neighborhood or anything, okay. um, but it wasn't until I was. Um, uh, I was thirty four at the time. I and there was a at the at the CFI this, um, Center for Inquiry. So yes. there we go. Something uh, we bond over uh, came through for us. They had a magic class there, and I saw it in one of their emails. And I was like, "Oh, I should take that." And I just felt kind of stupid, like, "Oh, you're going to go study magic? Are you?" Um, but then I asked. <laughs> I I asked we asked that to ourselves. I know. Just like it feels silly to be like thirty four years old and taking magic classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're but I, I asked.
0: Done having fun.
1: Exactly. That's so frivolous. Um, and, and it's
0: new. You can't do new things anymore. That should, I know. That failed.
1: It it definitely seemed like it had sailed, but I, I mentioned it to my husband, and he was like, "Yeah, of course, because he's the best like that." He didn't see anything ridiculous about it, so so yeah, so I did that, and I kind of was like, "Oh yeah, this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this seriously, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a female magician." I don't even know any female magicians, but um, but then like I took the class, and I'm really low on motivation generally. And then two months later, I was pregnant, so I didn't really do anything with it for uh, two and a bit years after that.
0: You made a baby appear.
1: I made a baby appear. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: what? What? Uh, where in Australia did you grow up? Like, was it a big town, Were you in the city, or? Oh yeah, country? I was
1: in Melbourne, but I'm in the Burbs. So, at, like, our train station was the end of the the line for. The,
0: the, the reason Burbs. I'm going back to that was you something you said caught me. You said during morning assembly, yeah, they would just you know let you perform. What kind of was that? Just public school.
1: No, no, it was a Catholic school.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that sounded like something a little too cool to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, I felt like people were doing stuff every week either, but I must have seen other people do it because I asked if I could do it. I don't, I don't really sure. remember the circumstances, but yeah, Catholic do,
0: school. Do you remember the trick that you did?
1: Um, yeah, it was like I did something. I don't remember the full trick, but I remember there was this. Th- this thing with like a little invisible magic dot that I was part of the trick and I put it in a bag and yeah, I don't remember the whole trick, but I still have the deck too. I got it from my parents' house so I could actually go read in the booklet and learn it. I should totally learn that again. What's wrong with me?
0: Oh, that's wonderful that you can't have yeah. deck all this time. Yeah. Now what about the juggling? Do you Can you juggle?
1: Oh, hell no. No, I got like, I got three <laughs> balls and I, I tried it a little bit. I can't do two. Like, I think the most I got when I tried a few years ago was about maybe twenty catches with two balls, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I can do three, but for like maybe five or six catches.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then I miss. Yeah. It's
1: the <laughs> so, catches. So not, I not the tosses, I was told early on.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, repeat that?
1: Oh, it's the catches. You don't count, oh I threw it, you know, eight times. Oh, yes, sure. you only caught Every it. Time you
0: actually six catch it. <laughs>
1: right,
0: right, right. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be bumping our score up by two. Exactly.
1: Can't have that. Uh,
0: So growing up interested in magic in the 80s, I was mesmerized and amazed by David Copperfield.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: were his television specials a big thing in australia as well like making yeah yeah really disappear
1: and- yeah yeah those were all on there i don't know uh how because often we'd get tv shows and things like long after they had aired here so i don't know how timely they were with them airing in america mm-hmm. but um were you uh, excited about them i mean yes because i love magic so i would watch any magic but even i mean God, even you know, under 10 years old in the 80s, I I kind of was cynical about David Copperfield because he just was so cheesy. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really reconcile, you know, his intensity when he's like doing the Statue of Liberty. And then he goes right. for that goofball thing, you know, when you're like interacting with the audience, and he goes again for that leading man, all that sensual stuff. And then <laughs> and then he goes back to being a goofball. And I was talking to someone about that recently, actually, how that's kind of a problem, like when you're like working on your character and your brand, like he just kind of didn't. He he needed to pick one or the other and didn't quite but I mean he's a billion dollars, so who am I to talk?
0: So so part of your critique of him is it's not just that he was so goofy, but it's that he was inconsistent
1: in his I, character. I mean, I think I didn't like uh I think I might have I didn't like the intense one and the, you know. The the sensual, it just was too much. And I think then it just, but I, yeah, I think without realizing and even knowing the word uh, reconcile, uh, that, uh, that was probably (laughs) my, my problem in my heart. Yeah.
0: I loved Magic back then, but I always hated all of their I, – I found all of them corny and cheesy. Yeah. So then when, like, The Amazing Jonathan came along, I was really excited. And then Penn & Teller. I was a huge Penn & Teller fan in high school. Like, people would get me their books for Christmas and stuff. Oh, wow. They were great. Because they weren't so goofy. They were you know, they were kind yeah. of cool and they were they, cool.
1: They're still cool. Even though they, they're like seventy years old, they're still
0: cool. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I just heard uh teller being uh interviewed about a trick on NPR and oh well. just talking about it with such a reverence, you know, they love going back to the old stuff and yeah paying tribute to it and figuring it out and
1: that's the thing. They yeah. still seem enthusiastic about magic, whereas I get a mixture of people who see Copperfield's show. I only finally saw his show about two years ago, um, for the first time in person. I'm like, I'm a magician. I'm in Vegas. I've got to see this show, so sure. I went and saw it. And yeah, and there was a lot of amazing magic. And anytime I thought I knew how a trick was done, there'd always be like another level to like put me in my right. place. But um, yeah, so, so it was a great show. But he just didn't seem like he gave a shit anymore. And I've had some people say sometimes he's <laughs> like that, sometimes he's not. Whereas Pen- and Teller always seem like they still really care about magic, which I appreciate.
0: Yeah, and and they're showmen. I mean, I feel like they they really put a lot of showmanship into everything they do and their character. and I mean, just the fact that Teller's still silent after that long. Oh,
1: I know. I know.
0: (laughs) So, um, you know, like you said, you you got back into it when you were much older. You left magic behind and you are the most banned crazy person i know another thing <gasps> love really? we love supergrass yes um and i supergrass i i bought that cd and i brought it to my wife and played it for her and she's like oh yeah it's good and i was like good, <gasps> no listen listen again dear <laughs> you know and it's then i the took best. it to my dad and i got the same response he's like oh they're all right and i was like no they're not all right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah what are you uh, not hearing that I am hearing?
0: Right, right. So to to meet you and be like, oh, someone else who's absolutely nuts about Supergrass, I was very absolutely excited. nuts. Yes. So they announced that they were going to break up, and they were going to do their little farewell tour, and they weren't coming to America.
1: Yep. So what so, did
0: you do, Simone? What's the
1: girl to do? She's must go to England and France with the last shows are. So that's what I. <laughs> That's what I did. But um, it was really funny too, because it was such a crazy, it was 2010 and Faith No More just got back together, one of my other favorite bands. So we were about to leave the house to drive to San Francisco because Greg was, my husband was opening for them in San Francisco. We are oh, about wow. to leave and then my friend who was coming with us was just, she's like, did you get this email? And she read it like, supergrass is breaking up. And I'm like, I'm about to go see one band back together and the other one is breaking up. Right. <laughs> it's such a nightmare. But um, so like, I was like, I, I was like, felt like I was just going to collaborate Laps on the ground, but then she's like, There are farewell shows. And then I just started poking up again, and I could see Greg's face being like, Oh no, she's going. So, <laughs> <laughs> but if I, I remember
0: yeah. I, I talked to you about this another time, and I think he had a lot of miles built up. From, from yes that's cow. right he
1: had he had miles to, to 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 give me for that so it didn't feel as much of a uh uh a, a strain on the on the finances to do it which was good I mean I think I would have just had to put on the credit card and I made it <laughs> I made it as as inexpensive as possible I, I kept everything down to like less than 100 bucks a day on my expenses I just was really cheap stayed with a friend when I could shared rooms when I could but I just had to get there you know and right. and I did and it was the best thing ever I never regret and that's just something he said too is that Sometimes we do, because he's also a big fan of his stuff, and we'll do crazy things, and it seems like, "Oh my God, am I really spending this money to do this? But we have never regretted doing it because you know sure. it, it, the the experience and the memory just you know will remain important to us, so uh, yeah. no regrets.
0: i I uh, went and saw Paul McCartney. <gasps> I, I don't want to know what my dad paid for the tickets. oh sizable chunk of my inheritance, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, you no, know, even for our terrible seats, and it was oh. amazing. I mean, I was in tears through most of the show. Oh, I, hate to, okay. I hate to admit that I looked like one of those girls in the old Beatlemania films. I was oh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's Paul, but it's uh, yeah, I'll remember that forever for the rest of my life. It yeah. was a magical evening. Weren't you you were on stage with them dancing?
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, um, how did that happen? Okay. Well, I, I ended up, I started, you know, just as a fan, but, um, back in the MySpace days, the MySpace page was in total disarray, just not updated regularly. And the, at the same time, the keyboard player had this blog and he was like interacting with fans a lot. And, um, and I said, you know, I can look after the MySpace page if you want. I'm on there all the time. Um, so yeah, so we put it to the rest of the band and they were like, yeah, sure. If you can vouch for us. So, um, uh, yeah, so I started doing the MySpace page. And so because of that, when they came to America again, you know, I got, to go backstage and all that stuff. So then I, I got to, I got to know them all. So then I was kind of like in with the management, in with the band. So I was in England when they were doing a Christmas show um, and they sent me an email. Can you call us the, the, the management? And they're like, oh yeah, we're doing this thing in England. I don't know if you want to do it. Do you want to like, you know, throw out like candies and condoms and dance on stage? And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> like, so um, yeah, that was amazing. So and yeah, I got to be part of the band bow at the end of the show. I mean, who does that? So oh,
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was the best.
0: So, oh, very cool. That You know, I uh, had a chance once to see, uh, and, and I know you're not a big hip hop person, but I, I saw no. Wu-Tang Clan and I end up standing on stage looking out at the audience and enjoying oh. the show that way. And it's a very different experience. That it really is. That you feel coming up from the crowd is just incredible.
1: It is. But I've always chosen, even when I've had the chance to watch side stage, I, I'd rather be struggling in the pit because um, the sound yeah, yeah. is so much better than um, and and our performing to you. Like you definitely get all that. The crowd stuff is good, but the the sound of the. The, the show isn't as good and yeah i know i feel a little det- in fact I, I could have sat been side stage at coachella to see faith no more and i'd say no i'm gonna fucking get in the crowd at coachella to see. <laughs> just because i thought it was preferable to then you know
0: that's great off to
1: the side so, yeah
0: w- when when ron howard released his beatles documentary one part i really loved was they talked about brian epstein disappearing at a certain point during every show uh-huh. And after some time, they figured out that what happened was Brian Epstein said, once all the business was done, you <laughs> have to slip around back and just be a fan and be with uh-huh. the people screaming and crying and, and, and enjoying the Beatles. And that oh just, oh, I, I related I that to is that so so Isn't that awesome?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> How cool that he, he maintained that. Love yeah. their music and, and what they did. So
1: that's um, the thing, no matter how much I've 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 got to know all the bands that I love, I I, I still am just a fan at the end of the day, you know. So it's like, right. well that's stuff is a bonus and if I had to choose one or the other and not listen to their music anymore but stay their friends, I'd rather just have their music and go to their shows. So right. <laughs> that's the main thing.
0: Uh, <laughs> hey, look, I like you and all, but <laughs> between <laughs> you and your music, take a hike. <laughs> So um getting back into magic again after all that time, you said you took the class at Center for Inquiry. Yes. And what was the class like? Was it was it good?
1: Um it was it was good. Um, it was it was focused on mentalism. Well, well, he said it was, but he also did like some Spongebob magic and stuff. <laughs> so okay. Okay. yeah. So it was mostly mentalism, but he was teaching how to do like psychic readings and uh book tests and things like that. So he was teaching that and um I don't think that's really what I wanted to learn from it, but it's still it was still part of it. So um um I was happy with it, but um yeah, so it was good, but I think it was more other people there. There were just a lot of, you know, curmudgeonly old atheists. Um, you, know. Yeah, you know these things where they open up, somebody opens up a question and it's a question that really just turns into three minutes of them talking about themselves. There was a lot of that going right. on. So uh, just because everyone in the room needs to know how much I know about this thing that you just mentioned. So yeah, a lot of right. that. So, so I think that was part of the problem with it. But um, yeah, but yeah, you know, it sort of ended and and I, I don't know if I was going to do anything with it at that time, and then I was pregnant, and it was over.
0: So, how did you go from, you know, being being a mother of a young child who took a magic class and did magic as a kid? There's some point where you then jump into this hard. What, yes. what was the trigger there?
1: Well, the trigger there is is I needed someone to work with because. Uh, yeah, I'm not very motivated, very lazy and, uh, you know, and insecure as a lot of people are. So like, the, like I said, uh, the, when I first thought of doing it, the idea of suddenly like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a female magician. And immediately, the self doubt was like, you're not going to just show up and be the female magician. You know, I just immediately like tore it down for myself. But then, um, my friend who was, uh, babysitting on my birthday nearly six years ago, um, she, uh, we'd gone out and we came back and we went chatting afterwards and she was hanging out and it came up that she was into magic. I'm like, I'm into magic. And I was like, oh, wow. So we talked a bit about magic and then a few, cause I didn't know her that well. I kind of knew her through her boyfriend and she'd started babysitting. And then, um, About a week later, we went out dancing, and she's like into tiki and 60s stuff as well. And so, while we were dancing at this like new wave uh, club downtown, I kind of thought about doing magic again and I kind of imagined this like 60s tiki themed magic act. I'm like, oh my God, I should do this. And I immediately was like, you're not going to do that. And so, I was like looking at her and I'm like, no, you need to do this with someone else. So, I just leaned into her and said, What are you? Do you want to start like a 60s tiki themed magic act together? And she was like, (laughs) Uh Yes. This is literally like while we're dancing and like I'm just shouting over the music and that was the beginning of it like that's what I needed was to find somebody else to work and then we motivated each other like neither of us would really be doing anything she's also still doing magic we worked together for a long time um but uh yeah neither of us would have really done anything if we went there pushing each other um to get things off the ground and then once they're off the ground now we're both you know doing our thing. So that's great.
0: And Simone, what was the name of the, the other magician that you worked with?
1: Oh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Messick. So okay. yeah.
0: You know, there, there's definitely something to that. And I think I've even talked about that with other guests before about um, I will find partners to work on things with just to make me do those things.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, to give myself that kick. And that was great when I was in bands, you had the band pushing you forward. But exactly. Like magic and comedy where you tend to uh stay on the stage, stand on the stage by yourself.
1: Yeah, they're it's, both very solitary.
0: But if you can find a partner, find someone to work with, even in comedy like I have my friend Johnny that, you know, I always refer to him as like my comedy brother. Uh and we tried to do stuff together, but we also push each other a lot, you know. You hit yeah. any this week? What are you working on? talk business (laughs) yeah that's a good thing to have so um how were how were you guys received when you started performing together as a pair well
1: it took it took a bit of a while so that was uh january of 2015 that this momentous occasion happened (laughs) and uh we decided to do something um and so then like it took a couple months we um got an invitation to the magic castle and she's like really good at networking and i'm like you know hiding in a corner anytime which is funny because she's like 13 years younger than me and i'm like hiding behind this 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 youngster you (laughs) know yeah but because i'm just you know way too socially awkward to handle all this stuff but so she was good with that so she managed to get us invited to the magic castle and you know we befriended some regulars so we found a way to keep going and then they had classes there they have magic university so we um Managed to sign up for a class with that, and sort of the, once you're taking classes, you actually get um, a temporary membership so you can keep going and seeing shows and stuff while you're taking classes. So, oh, very um, cool. Yeah. So that sort of kept us in the loop and then we got to know more people. So I think that, I mean, all of that too helped it along being in LA and being able to go to the Magic Castle is, you know, you don't get that if you're doing things in, you know, Nebraska, you know what I mean? So it's it's definitely a huge, huge uh, plus being here. So, um... Yeah, so that's sort of that got that rolling. And so, yeah, so that year we just focused on learning magic and we weren't doing anything on our act. We knew what we wanted it to be. But we were definitely putting the cart before the horse because we knew what we wanted this act to be, but we couldn't even really do magic yet. So, um, yeah. <laughs> just the
0: aesthetic of it came a little ahead of the tricks.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what, what motivated it too. But I think also that's one of the things that sets both of us apart in the way we present our magic because we sort of have more of a vision for how we want it to look, whereas a lot of people. People are just like, I want to show you how skilled I am and look at this great trick, you know, and we want to do, which I really focused on combining those those elements. So, but um, as we
0: just talked about, the people having no kind of sense of cool is it,
1: yeah.
0: part of what makes magic sometimes sort of unwatchable, even when yeah. they're really good at it.
1: Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, great, great people, but there's also people who just have not received a memo in the last 25 years about what's going on <laughs> in the world.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, you have used the phrase uh, a few times while you were talking, female comedian. Magician. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm so used to talking <laughs> comedians. And I, I know, comedian. I know, I know. You used the phrase female magician. Yeah. What What does that phrase mean to you?
1: Well, it's, yeah. Interesting. Cause I, I, I mean, I thought about that when I was yeah thinking about that, like back in 2012. Um, but, uh, and it's, it's a weird thing because it's, it's a, there's a benefit to it definitely because there's so few of us. I think the female magician membership at the magic house is like 5% or something. It's really small. Oh wow. Um, out of like five or 6,000 members. So, um, So, yeah, so there's definitely, you know, a selling point to being a female magician. But on the other hand, you just want to just be a magician. So I never really mention that. I don't think you'll find female magician on my website anywhere because I don't really say it now in terms of describing myself. I just sort of describe the type of act and what I do. And I don't really talk about, I don't mention that. Not because I'm, I just, I don't know. I just don't want it to be about that.
0: Right. I just watched the, uh, and, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. I should, but I just watched the documentary on the blind uh, card magician. He's like a card fixer. Oh yeah. Yeah. And boy, he talked about that so much. He he would just assume the audience never realized that he's blind.
1: Yeah. He's and like, I saw him. These are good tricks.
0: Him. They're not good tricks. Cause I'm blind. They're good tricks.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Richard Turner. No, he, I saw Richard him at the concert.
0: I should yeah. do my research. Damn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. uh, and he's
0: amazing. Yeah.
1: He is amazing. He's amazing. And I saw him, uh, I think I found out just before, I I can't remember, but I remember, I think I sat down and I was like, is he blind? Like somebody told, I think I had caught wind of it. And someone was like, shh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably behind the curtain. At the time, I didn't know how, but he's probably just sitting right on the other side of the curtain and can hear all this. But, um, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah. one. So I told one of my friends, uh, heard me say that just before. So she knew, but then another friend was sitting like two people down. She didn't hear me say that. So she didn't notice the whole time because he like look in the direction of the person sitting next to him. Right. So, so it looks like he's making eye contact with them, but he probably isn't because he doesn't really know where their eyes are. So, um, right. but he doesn't, he doesn't mention it at all. He just sort of, you know gets on with it so yeah it's the same exactly the same kind of things like that's not the point it's just happens to be the case
0: right when I was a ventriloquist that was the thing where they were like if people compliment you on not moving your lips then you didn't do a good show yes because they shouldn't be looking at your lips they should be
1: <laughs> entertained yes
0: right um and so tell me about the uh Women's magicians, the Women Magicians Association
1: yeah, so that was a group that started um, at the Magic Castle not long before i uh, I, I joined, which was 2015. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just started by I guess there was some lecture there, and some of the women uh, that were there got together and they just were hanging out afterwards and like, this is really cool, we should keep doing this. So uh, they wanted to, they formed a group and they just started meeting there uh, regularly. So the idea is really just to encourage uh, more women to get into magic. And I think, I mean, there's such an old boys club there. And I think, you know, things are slowly starting to change. But a lot of women will feel intimidated by some of the some of the men there. And they don't feel like they can ask a question or, you know, the, the men are just waiting to, like, show them what they're doing wrong, you know, and things like that. And it's, you know, women can feel very sort of put off by that and, you know, just want to recoil and not really try anymore. So that's why I think the motivation was to start this, have a space where it was just kind of comfortable and that attitude was not part of it. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Do do many male comedians still have the uh, scantily clad female assistant?
1: Uh, Yeah, there are still, there is there is still that going on but i feel like well a lot of those shows are in the palace of mystery at the magic castle which i don't i don't tend to go to those because i don't really like that big stagey magic that much myself so those are kind of the shows i see the least but there's definitely still that going on um listen if i if i put in the time
0: at the gym could i be your scantily clad assistant
1: well, sure. I'm sure I can find a find a use for you. Actually, have oh. a have a have a trick uh, um, where I saw a person in half. I saw I guess we saw we saw a guy in half. Elizabeth and I would do this in our in our um, tiki act. So I, I could do that. But right. Yeah, you will um, have to probably drop a few pounds because it's quite. Uh, small hey, <laughs> that's just to do with your general <laughs> frame. You. You're, no, you're a, you're a tall, you know, man. So just your overall build is might be a bit wide for our. Uh, Tall of water. Is <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that's what I meant to say.
0: <laughs> I, you know, what's funny is you you just touched on something that's actually on my list here as a question to ask Ooh.
1: you. Uh,
0: wh- wh- how, what kind of like snobbiness is there between close up magicians and big prop stagey magicians? Oh,
1: and is it yeah, that's a lot.
0: Like, like stand up comedians and improv comics have a lot of uh, between them
1: i didn't Um, yeah i didn't realize it was that with them
0: and i i was in italy and i just went to get coffee at this tiny little coffee shop and while i'm sitting there drinking my coffee i noticed the proprietor of the place rolling a coin over his hands and i (laughs) right away was like oh here's someone who's who's a magician yeah. And I said, uh, oh, good, nice, nice work with the coin. And he doesn't speak much English at all. And he says, uh, you like magic? <laughs> like, I love magic. And next thing you know, I'm getting a full show. And the best part, we all know the worst part of magic is the banter. Yes. Uh, no banter because he didn't speak that much English. And he's pulling <laughs> out ropes and he's, he's got all this stuff. Oh, my God. I guess that was his thing. He opened the coffee shop in retirement. He had worked oh. his whole life as a magician. He had toured. His son filled me in on all this later. But he did the best show. And then afterwards, I said, I loved that. I said, this is my favorite kind of magic. Uh And I didn't even know the phrase close-up magic. Uh I said, this is my favorite kind of magic. Not big props on stage just close up where i can look right at your hands and still not yeah. see what you're doing and he got so excited and i could <laughs> tell that that was the right thing to say yes 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 anyone can yes. big prop big prop stupid it <laughs> <laughs> was so much fun so yeah. so yeah you don't you don't invite those guys to your parties
1: Huh? No, no, no. Well, see, the, 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 that's the uh, – because I don't do the big pr- – pr- pr- that's, like, the, the effect I just mentioned. Like, we just had that one and because we got it on sale. No, no. And, yeah, but
0: I meant, I meant earlier you mentioned that the palace was where you saw the big stagey comics. And oh, you don't yeah, and yeah, yeah, go yeah. There.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so into that, that type of thing. But in terms of the sort of, yeah, the difference between the big stage illusions and the close-up, yeah, because it's, I mean, a lot of magicians will, you know, obviously they should. They've put in a lot of work and they, you know, they want recognition and respect for the amount of effort they've put in to do all of this stuff. And um, whereas a lot of the stage illusions, I mean, really the magician is often just waving his hands out and the assistant's the one doing all the work. So, yeah. Right. Um, and um yeah, so yeah, so I don't think a lot of a lot of people are really, you know, close up magicians aren't so uh, astonished by that stuff which isn't to say I haven't seen them and like how the hell did that happen like I'm like studying the thing and I can't figure right, out where anything right. went. so it's still a lot of amazing things about illusions for sure um, but in terms of like the amount of skill involved to do it then yeah there, there, there can be some some snobbery with it but I, I always remember something someone said to me uh, in one of my earlier magic classes at the castle was because you'll see someone like will show you a trick you're like oh my god that's amazing and you're like mind is totally blown and then you find out how it's done and it's really easy maybe didn't even need sleight of hand to do it and then you're like oh it's not very good but it's like no it doesn't it just because it's easy doesn't make it any less good you have to remember how you reacted when you first saw it and that's the point that's you're doing a performance for a person, so if any person's going to have that reaction, it has doesn't matter that it's easy or difficult. So that's what's important. And I always yeah. remember that when I feel like, oh, this. I mean, some things I do are, uh, you know, trickier and more sleight of hand, and some things aren't very tricky at all. But the the audience is fooled and tricked, and that's all that really matters.
0: I do feel though like the the skill in your fingers with doing some of the close-up magic. And then I, I have friends that I've seen do prop magic and it's good. They they do the misdirect. There is some psychology at play, um, but their main job is hiding an effect that didn't take skill to do. You know, it, they bought it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> or or <laughs> they bought the instructions. Whereas I think with a lot of close-up magic, even if you do, buy it or take a class or pay someone to show you how it's done you still got to put in hours of doing it doing it and doing it until you can do it in front of someone and they don't see how you did but see
1: that's the thing some close-up magic looks like that and it's um, and
0: you're, and it's not.
1: It's, it's not that hard, no. So, um, I mean, I know people who aren't super skilled, sleight of hand, people who do shows in the close-up gallery because they've found effects that are... That's the thing, they have the wow effect. But yeah, but, but there is that type. I know the type where you just see like a card materialize in front of your eyes and that stuff. You know, it may or may not be that. Some It could be, you know, it's it, there's different ways of achieving lots of different things. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: The closest I've come to... Uh, you know, following in your footsteps and going back into magic was when I, I want to do it. I want to take classes and everything just because there's one trick and I need to know how it was done. Ah. I will get so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll have someone do it in front of me over and over and over again. And I'm like, how the – and like you said, you start guessing how it's done. And then they do something else that blows your theory. And you're like, oh, yeah. shit, no, oh, that wasn't it.
1: <laughs> I saw this. I saw this Shin Lim video my friend sent me a few months ago, and I must have watched that thing like thirty times. It was just a really short, like twenty second loop on like TikTok or something, and I was out of my mind. Like, how is that
0: happening? <laughs> that's great. And who was that? Yeah.
1: Shin Lim, he uh, okay. he won America's Got Talent. He's quite uh, well-known these days. I haven't seen like a ton of his stuff, but he's like a big name in magic right now.
0: Oh, that's great. So, so, but how are you guys with each other? Is is there a weirdness with the big stagey comics and the close-up ma- magi- uh, magicians at all?
1: Oh, I don't think so, no. I think, um, I mean, a lot of the stagey ones too, they, st- they know all the, the sleight-of-hand stuff too, but they've, they've built a stage here because is such a host of different... Um, sort of employment opportunities, doing stage illusions. Maybe you can do like big corporate shows. You can do cruise ships and things like that. Whereas close up, you're like walking around doing, you know, things at parties and restaurants. You know, it's like two different types of places to perform. So a lot of those guys can still do all of that stuff. It's just not how they're making their living at this time. So, yeah.
0: It's hard to make the big money when you need to be that close to everybody.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You can't get that close to a lot of people. More people, more money.
0: So you have uh, a a trick or two up your sleeve that you uh, feel will work in this audio-only format with us not in the same room together. Is that correct? Yes,
1: not just with you and I, but also with our listeners. So,
0: yeah. I want to put in the description of the show, uh, my producers listening make a note of this, that anyone should should get a deck of cards handy before they listen to this podcast. A deck
1: of cards and – three to six coins
0: oh no you didn't tell me to get three to six coins. i sent it
1: in one of the later later emails
0: uh, <laughs> i might have yeah. to pause and run out to the car
1: get some coins because this is a good one
0: <laughs> okay all right can we do cards first
1: okay let's do the cards first so um i'm just going to need you to get out uh nine cards just nine cards okay okay
0: can i look at them or do i
1: yeah you can look at them you can look at them okay. mix them up it doesn't matter but um
0: all right, I counted out nine cards.
1: Okay, so I want you to make three piles uh, of three cards. One, two, three, uh, one, two, three, one, two, three. Oh, have just done three
0: that? piles, okay.
1: Yes, one, Not two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yep. Have you done that? I have. Okay, and listener, you do the same thing. Make three piles. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three cards. Now, pick up any one of those three. I don't know which one it is. Uh, okay. Okay, and look at the bottom card memorize that card. Have you got it? You don't have to okay. tell me what it is. I have to you remember
0: it? which kitty cat is on it or the number in the suit? Uh,
1: the number in the suit.
0: Okay. I'll be okay. really impressed if you can tell me what kitty cat's on it, but we'll go with the number <laughs> <one. laughs>
1: Okay. So now take that, the one that's in your hand that you just looked at, place that on top of either one of the two piles that's left. Okay. Okay. Now pick that one up and put it on top of whatever's left.
0: That Pick, pick that pile up?
1: That pile of six now and put that on top of the remaining pile of three. Okay. Okay. It took a long time. I'm a little nervous, but here we go.
0: <laughs> well, I, okay. I misunderstood the directions at first, I think. So okay. I I had my I had my pile. Yep. My first pile. And I looked at the card that was on the bottom. Yep. But then I moved it to the top.
1: Oh, no, you shouldn't have moved it to the top.
0: <laughs> I'm going to start over. I got three yeah. piles.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's let, let's cut. Let's cut and start again.
0: <laughs> okay. So I'm going to make three piles of three cards each.
1: Yes, and three I'm piles. pick a two. pile at random. Yeah. yeah. So you've got one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Pick right. up one of them and just hold it and look at the bottom card. Are you I'm looking, looking at it?
0: Bottom card, yes.
1: Yes, you got it? Okay. So still holding that. I want you to place that on top of either one of the other two piles.
0: Okay, got it. Now Got I that? have a pile okay. of six cards.
1: Okay, so pick up the pile of six cards and place that on top of the remaining three.
0: Okay, now I have a pile of nine cards.
1: Okay, good. Pick that up. Hold that in your in your hand as if you are ready to deal, uh, because that is what's going to happen now. You are going to deal, but I'll tell you how you're going to deal. So think about the card you just chose. Okay, think about yeah. it, and think hard. of the think think of the name. Think of the. Don't tell me, but think of the value of that card. Okay, Okay. so you can think of the value of that card, but
0: um, I'm going to ask
1: you some question, but um, uh, you don't have to tell me the truth about what it is, okay? So I'm going to ask you now, what's the value? I don't know if what you're telling me is the true or lie. Keith, what is the value of that card? Okay, eight. Eight. Okay, so now I want you to, dealing down one at a time into a new pile, spell out, E-I-G-H-T with each card. E-I. Okay,
0: so I'm going to take a card off the top yep. and yep. set it down, and that's my E. Yep. Then put the next card on top of it, and that's yep. I. Yep. G H T.
1: Okay, great. And then what you've got left in your hand, place that on top of what you just dealt.
0: So I've got.
1: Don't worry about how much you have left. Just place it on top. Okay. Okay. Pick that up again. All right. So any card name has OV in it, the eight of diamonds or the, you know, eight of spades. So now we're going to deal just of, O-F. So deal one card for O and one more for F. Got it. Okay. And place what's left in your hand on top of that. Got it. Got it. Okay. Great. So again, now I said you can lie to me. Pick that up again. Uh, right. Think about the, uh, the suit now. So what, you're not, again, you don't have to tell me the truth. So what is the suit that you're thinking of?
0: All right. Hearts.
1: Hearts. Okay. So now you're going to spell out H-E-A-R-T-S. All right. And put the put the deck on top. Great. Okay. So now lift up the top card. Is that your no. card? No. Of course it's not because we haven't put that card back on the top. We haven't ascertained, if you're telling the truth, or lie. Uh, so um, so. Uh, tell me, Keith, what you just said. Was it true or was it false?
0: False on both counts.
1: False on both counts. Okay. So now take that packet back into your hand, and I want you to deal out the letters for false. F-A-L-S. E. Okay. Pick up E. Pick up E. And look at E. Yes. Is that your card? Yes, it is. What is the card?
0: Ten of Spades.
1: Ten of Spades. Good job, Keith. And good <laughs> job to anyone else following along. You can do the same thing. So there you go.
0: Very nice. Was that exciting
1: to have it. magic work out like that?
0: Yeah, I liked it because <laughs> I got to lie to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can I? I'm going to put you on hold real quick and grab coins. Okay, cool. How many do I need?
1: uh three to six
0: okay joe uh we're not gonna actually hit pause or anything right i'll just run real quick and i'll be right back all right i'm assuming joe hears us (laughs) gotcha
1: What's that? I know, right? <laughs> coins are in short supply these days, so.
0: <laughs> okay, I am back. Is it okay if I don't have a large, uh, a lot of variety?
1: Oh, it doesn't matter. It can all be the same. All okay, different it doesn't quiet. matter.
0: I have five coins.
1: Okay, Keith has five coins. So anyone all else right.
0: listening? And Joe, we're, okay. we're back running, right? Okay, I'm sorry, Simone. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Why don't we have you start over? I have five coins.
1: Okay, Keith, you have five coins. So anyone listening, you can play along with us. You just need three... To five coins, three to six coins—it doesn't matter. You can decide. So, uh, and if you don't have coins, you can just get little pieces of paper and write H on one side for heads and T on the other for tails. So you can make this work even through the coin shortage that we're dealing with in these difficult times. Right.
0: About that, <laughs> out there. Is that hitting <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, does anyone have a coin? No. 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 Nobody
1: does. I do a newspaper trick, and I'm worried. Like. Like uh, newspapers, I think it was about two years ago. I saw an article like newspapers only got about 10 years left. I'm like, shit, that was my trick. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay. So, uh, so Keith, uh, put the coins, Keith and listeners, put all the coins so that they are heads down on the table and that you're looking at all the tail sides up. Okay. That's where we're going to start. Now we're going to play a little game of heads and tails. And I, I guarantee you that I can win, even with everybody listening. And I would, I would I would bet everybody, but since the audience can't, you know, really consent to this bet, you know, I'm not going to hold anyone to it. But let's say we would have bet $5. I could really, really clean up here. So you uh, have your coins, however many you have, all uh, heads down, tails up. So the first thing I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to do a series of things, play very close attention to the instructions. But um, you still get a lot of places to make your own decisions, even though I'm asking you to do certain things. So... The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is to turn over an even number of coins. So you can turn over either two or four. Um, But you can turn over zero. It's up to you. But you should have either two, four, or zero coins uh, with heads facing up now. Keith, you don't have to tell me what you've done, but just do so you have zero, two, or four heads up now. Have you done done. that? It is done. Okay, good. So um, if you had more people listening, I'd sort of just throw to the audience to make decisions as to how many times we're going to do the next thing. But since I just have you, I'll ask you to choose a number between uh, one and 10. Okay. Okay. Tell me the number.
0: Seven.
1: Seven. You chose seven. Okay. So don't do anything just yet. Uh, so everybody, he's chosen seven. So I'm going to ask you all, You're going. I'm going to talk you through it. Uh, I'm going to have you turn over coins as I count. But Don't. uh, You can turn over any coin that you want. You can turn over the same coin seven times. You can turn some over twice, some over once. It's up to you. I don't. I don't really care what you're doing. Just every time I say turn, you're going to turn something over. Don't. I don't need to know what it is. Okay. So I'm going to count you through it, and Keith, you do it along with me. Okay. Okay. So and so you got it. You're going to turn them over as I count. Okay. Okay. One. One. Two.
0: Two. Three. (laughs) <laughs> Three.
1: How did that one end up?
0: <laughs> I got it. It's turned over.
1: <laughs> it's turned over. Okay. Four. Four. Five. Five. Six.
0: Six.
1: And seven. Seven. Okay. So again, I have no way of knowing what configuration these coins are in now because you could have done the same one over and over every time. I have no idea. So uh, what I'm going to ask you now is to just sort of hover your two index fingers over the coins and place each one on a coin. Let me know when you've done that. You've done that? Okay. So here you have a choice now. You can turn those two coins over or don't do it. It's up to you. And so same with the listeners. If you put your fingers on two coins, turn them over if you want. Don't turn them over if you don't want, okay? But either do both or do none. It's up to you. Okay, have you gotcha. done that? Okay. Done. So, okay, so here, here's the big decision for you to make now. I want you, with your left hand, to cover one of the coins. And again, it doesn't matter which one. It doesn't matter if it's heads or tails right now. Cover one of them. Okay. Okay. So, looking at the remaining coins, don't look at the one you have under your hand. Uh, I want you to move out any tails that are remaining. Okay. Okay. Do you still have heads left? Yes. You have heads left. Okay. Cool. And some people may have no heads left at this point, uh, but uh, if you do, uh, keep following along. So, uh, you're
0: still covering one coin, right? You're
1: still covering one coin, yes. So, of the ones that are not covered, of the heads, uh, move one. To the side, put it away with the other ones you just eliminated. Okay. And uh, without looking, turn over the coin under your hand once. Okay. Okay. Uh, Do you have any more heads left? I do. You do? Okay. Anyone else listening, if you still have heads left, uh, uh, eliminate one of the heads, move it off to the side. And turn over the coin under your hand once without looking. Okay. Uh, Do you have any more left? Yes. You do? Okay. So again, if you still have more, do that again. Eliminate the one and turn the coin under your hand over once. Okay. Okay. Do you have any left now? No. Okay. And if you still have one more left, listener, do the same thing again. Eliminate it and turn the coin uh, under your hand over. Okay. So... You did all those random things. I didn't know which coins you did what to. However, I feel after everything we've done, that right now, under your hand is definitely heads, which is what I predicted at the beginning. Keith, would you please raise your hand? Heads. Heads. And listener, the same is true for you too. Amazing. Amazing.
0: Those ones, I you know, I, I pretty much know how they work. Yeah. And yet you get lost in the number I'm like, no, can't I mean yeah. you let me do an even or odd number, you let me I mean the, the, the variables are are great, a wonderful distraction. That that was a blast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, even me, like while I'm practicing these things, I'm like, I and we oh, My friend and I refer to this as like, we did magic on ourselves. Like you do this thing, you're right. like, wow, it worked. Like I just do it again. Oh my God, it worked again. So and um, if there's any
0: like mathematicians listening right now, they're like, oh, yawn.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally.
0: Uh, have you had to do magic in uh, such a, a restricting way before?
1: Well no, and when you asked me to do the show, you said, Can you do some magic? And I was like not immediately. I have one other trick that I it's a little too laborious, I think, to do. So I but yeah, so I had another one I thought <laughs> Jeez, I could do. I'm gonna
0: hammer a nail some <laughs> <more. Yeah. laughs>
1: a lot of these types of tricks is like a lot of instruction and do this and lift that and turn that. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's tough to listen to. So I would to find something with as few instructions as possible, but would still have a, a exciting result. Right. So, um, yeah.
0: Oh, that was great. I've done comedy. But, you know, I th-
1: thanks for making me like find some stuff I could do on the show.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thank you for being up for it. I, yeah. uh, I have, um, done comedy shows in chat rooms. Oh, <laughs> I can only type like, so oh, harsh timing, and my response, you know, instead of hearing the audience laughing, I'm seeing a chain of LOL, uh, LOL <laughs> balls, you know? uh, yeah. and then of course we're all trying to do comedy uh by webcam right now, yeah, yeah, Have you done any uh performances?
1: Yeah, I've done a few Zoom shows and yeah, I do not like them. No. <laughs> I mean, cuz I mean, here's the thing, it's either you have everybody off mute and then it's a cacophony, or everybody's on mute and as a performer you get no feedback oh. other than watching the chat stream if you can even see it, and it it you you kind of, you know, cuz as a performer you're always like playing off of the vibe, you know, right. and it's you're getting no vibe. So you just like it's like a rehearsal almost except your energy's a bit up because you know there are people there and yeah, it's, it's tough. But uh, the last one I did actually had a better time with it. And, um, I find like the more technically prepared you are, like to have a, 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 an assist, somebody assist you and all of that, the, the better it is. So, um, but I did a, I did a show, uh, we, uh, very COVID safe. We, we were supposed to do this show live and then it got canceled because of COVID. So we did it, um, uh, we did like a pre-taped thing and people bought tickets. It was a ladies in magic, um, event. And, uh, and I chose tricks. I didn't need spectators because that always adds to this really uncomfortable lag of waiting for them to choose. So I just did pieces that I could just perform and, and be done with because I don't, yeah. the interaction side of this is really bad.
0: You have some connections to Sacramento. Yeah.
1: Yes. I lived there for a while.
0: I, I hope you will bring your show here. I would absolutely love to, to not only to come see you, but to bring my daughter out to see you. She she was actually really excited that I was having a magician on and that it was a woman.
1: Oh yay! Oh that makes me so happy. I know when girls get excited and you know when when women tell me it's like I've never seen a female magician before. It makes me really happy because you know it's good to you know make this kind of thing more more commonplace. So I'm yeah. glad I could do that for Max. She's
0: had at least one magic set so far. So
1: oh nice. How yeah. old is she now?
0: Uh she's eleven. She turned eleven in October.
1: Oh wow.
0: So very cool. Um I, I have to ask you this because <laughs> as you're walking me through the tricks, I get nervous. That, that you fuck it up. No, that you
1: yeah. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, but if those didn't work, that you were the problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I should have warned you ahead of time. Dude and not being able to see each other isn't the hardest part it's my inability to follow instructions have you had a trick not work ever on stage
1: oh yeah every magician has oh really and, oh yeah even the best and i always remember that because when it's when it happens it's like it's it's devastating you know and it depends when it happens too if it's like the closing piece you're like and that's oh, it <laughs> right, right. and yeah Comedian
0: uh, thing where they're closer bombs and so they just won't leave. And like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One more joke, one more. Just find trying to find that joke to exit on. Do do you do that as well? Do you have a spare joke in your? I, and you, or, I uh, think uh,
1: I'm not. As, I'm not prepared stuff. enough. I kind of go in right. with my like tight set. So that's okay. that's. If I'm done, I'm like, all right, well that sucked. But I, I, <laughs> the, <laughs> the um. But there was a there was a couple of times like when I was performing the polo where the last thing kind of failed, but I realized the problem could only be seen by the front few people so i just covered it up and everyone i got a right. rounding round of applause another time something something that was supposed to be hidden the whole time essentially the, the whole way the trick worked, it fell out, like it dropped out into sight. And I was like, oh shit. And I really felt like I should just, I should just apologize and stop the music. I was like, no, 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 no. This is what I've learned. You just got to keep going. And then I kept going. And then this guy in the front was like, wow. Like he's just, mind was still blown. I'm like, he didn't even notice. Like that's, oh, that's you kind of have to realize that not everybody sees it in the way that we're seeing it. So um, yeah, it's not, it's a, uh, it's, it's better to just plow through it and, you know, everyone will politely smile at the end, even if they know you fucked up. So.
0: <laughs> That's great. But uh, when I
1: was practicing a lot at the, because they have a like a impromptu area. I mean, uh, I always hear this a lot that comedians would kill for this opportunity. But at the Magic Castle, they're like impromptu areas. You can do like open mic set after set all night long, depending on how many people are waiting to do it. So I think the most sets I did in a night was five, but there's people who've done like 10, 12 sets in a night because if there's yeah. no one else performing, they can keep doing it. Yeah. So, uh, back in 2018, I set myself a goal of doing a hundred sets, which it's a lot of people do hundred sets easily. But for me, I have a lot of setup in mind and, you know, I'm lazy and I don't like going out and I have a child. So <laughs> I had a lot of obstacles to overcome, but I I, I definitely timed it when my husband was going to be out of town. I was like, okay, you have to get this many in before this date to get this many in for this month to meet your quota. Um, but yeah, but I did a hundred sets that year and, um, it, it made, made such a difference. And, and and when things would go wrong in those, I didn't feel bad about them. One, because it wasn't like on the main stage or anything. And two, because I just every every time that happened, it felt like, oh, good. I know this for next time. It always felt like a learning experience. So that's probably one of the best things I've done as a magician was to do the 100. I think we ended up being 106 shows uh, in yeah. addition to being booked at the end of the year. By the end of the year, I got booked to perform in the, in the showroom. So, yeah.
0: Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank
1: you yeah
0: thank you so much for joining us where can people find you online if they want to get in touch with you or see more about you uh
1: well my website is magicsimone.com and and i'm on instagram at tiki doll though i don't do a lot of magic stuff on there but there i am and if i am doing anything i would post it on there but not much is happening at this time so yeah so that and twitter i'm at tiki doll as well but that's so that's what i do
0: i d o l l tiki that is it tiki doll yes and, and the website is Magic Simone? Yes. S-I-M-O-N-E.
1: O-N-E, yes.
0: All right. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Let me go ahead sure. and get my credits here. Uh, I am your host, Keith Lowell Jensen. My uh, editor and audio engineer is Jack Matrenga. Our producer is uh, Joe Honor, And our, the art for the podcast is also done by... Joe Honor. Joe and Jack work with HyperPixel. HyperPixel is a production company with a focus on digital marketing and e commerce, offering daily management of your website, social media accounts, and digital marketing campaigns. And our theme song was composed and performed by the great DJ Real, who's a wonderful comedian in his own right. Uh, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at Keith Lowell. And you can follow the podcast at KLJ Podcast. Please subscribe, give us the thumbs up, rating, reviews, all that stuff really, really helps more than you know, gets us out there. Uh, And we will see you again with more next week. Uh, Oh, and thanks again to our sponsors, Clash Books. And uh, thank you one last time for joining us today, Simone.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs)